Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. There are messages that you preach because you're on a series. The Overcomer series has been something that was just I just loved. It's just excited about the Overcomer series and I couldn't wait to share another story about what someone had gone through. And if you haven't picked up the series, pick it up in the back. And all the, de- all the, uh, the movies or the testimonies are online. You can go online and see all the testimonies of all the overcomers. Just powerful stuff. And, but every so often you have these messages that are very simple. But you know that God has placed it on your heart for such a time as this. This morning I want to recalibrate. CWC. I couldn't imagine pastoring another church. I couldn't imagine being anywhere else other than with you. I love my church. I love being your pastor. Y'all stop. You're going to get me emotional here. I, I, love, I love CWC. I love our family. Um, but I think we need to get our groove back. Stella lost her groove. And she got it back. Rocky lost his eye of the tiger. And he got it back. I don't know when it happened. I don't know how it happened. But I believe somewhere in the transition between Overfelt High School and coming here to Mount Pleasant, we've lost our funk. We lost our groove. What do I mean by that? I'm going to share with you in a moment where I'm going with this. But there's a certain DNA that, why, why do I say I wouldn't want to be anywhere else? Is because there's a DNA that we have. Well, the, the CWC, we're a, different, we're a different breed. We're a different tribe, if you will. Uh, some people will walk in and they'll look out here and say, oh, you guys are nice people, but we'll see you. Then there's others that walk in and they're like, we're home. We're, we're home. We're just, you just walk in and you just know it from the music, from, from the fellowship. It's just, you're just home. It's just, you just know it. And I want you to understand something this morning. As, as stand to your feet. Let, let's read in Revelation chapter 2. As you turn to Revelation chapter 2, I, I want you to understand. For those of you that don't know where Revelation is, it's the second easiest Bible to, uh, book in the Bible to find. Genesis is the easiest because it's right after this book Bible belongs to. And Revelation is in the very back where you file all your papers. And so um, you got a stack of uh, bulletins sitting in there. Revelation chapter 2. The Lord is, is taking time to do a survey of his churches. Uh, like, a, like a business owner, like a, a family member taking time to, to take inventory. I need you to know that God inspects our lives. I, I need you to even understand that God goes as far to look at the details of our lives that we don't want him to see. 
And so as God begins to take inventory, he inspects and he, he, he encourages and challenges his bride. I want you to notice in Revelation 2, starting in verse 1, write this letter to the angel of the church of Ephesus. Can I submit to you that every church has an angel? That every church has a messenger. What an angel is, is a messenger. Now, if you want to get real spiritual, we could, in, in, in symbolic, that there is a literal angel that's watching over, but at the same time, that there is an angel called your pastor that brings a messenger, a message, because an angel is a messenger. He brings a message from God to the people. And so I need you to understand that every church has an angel. And it might, some of you might feel I'm, your, I'm the enemy or, the, or Satan to you, but the reality is I'm your angel, angel of light or angel of darkness, whichever way you want to look at it, I'm the angel for this church. But there is an angel that oversees, that protects this place, and that God gives messages to that angel that comes down, delivers it to your staff, to the pastors, that leads us and gives, uh, gives direction to our ministers and our family and says, listen, we're feeling that God's moving us this way. If we're not praying, our angel has nothing to do. If we as a church aren't praying, then our angel is sitting in heaven waiting. Because remember, the Bible says that the angels ascend and descend. Ascend and descend. Angels don't start in heaven. They start on earth. Say it again, Pastor. They start on earth and then go to heaven and then come down. Listen, if you're not excited about this, I'll get excited about it. And so when you, read the, when you read the word about Jacob's encounter with God, with Jacob's ladder, the angels ascended and descended. They didn't start from heaven and descend and then ascend, which means that they start from here. And they're waiting for us to make petition, waiting for us to pray. And so when we make a request, the angel now has something to do, and he goes up into heaven and delivers it before God. If we're not praying, our angel is bored. You know what? I'm challenging you, CWC. Let's get our angel stinking busy. I mean, I mean, to the point where he's saying, God, I, I need some help here. I need another angel. We need two angels for CWC. <laughs> Follow me on this. This is the message to him who holds the seven stars in his right hand. Seven stars are the leadership that are under God's right hand, hand of authority. The one who walks among the seven golden lampstands. The seven lampstands are symbolic of the churches, the seven churches in the seven regions. That you know that the church, we are supposed to be the light. We're the light of the world. Verse 2, I know all the things you do. How many of you, that gets you nervous? I know all the things you do. Some of us are nervous right now, but do you realize that Jesus isn't talking about, I know the bad things you do. I know the good things you do. God's not trying to catch you doing bad. He's trying to catch you doing good. You'll you'll find that out in a second. Check this out. He goes on and says this, I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You examine the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered that they are liars. And you have patiently suffered for me without quitting. Bow your heads with me. Father, help. 
In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. God knows. God knows. In the times you feel like God's forgotten you, he knows. In the time that you feel like God's abandoned you, he knows. In the times that you feel like he's forgotten your marriage, he knows. In the time that you think that he's forgotten your finances, he knows. In the time that you think he's forgotten your body, he knows. He knows every situation, circumstance, and minute detail of your life. God knows. And he takes, he loves you so much that he inspects our lives. And he takes time to take a look. You see, if you don't love something, you're not going to care what its conditions are. When we first bought our car way back in 2004, dang, we need a new car. When we bought that car, I mean, we put the rims on, put the 22s on there. We had that car. I put in the the little, uh, because we were traveling back and forth from from Antica, I I put in the little television screens and everything, DVD player, PS2. Uh, That's what was out at the time. We didn't have the three. And so we put all that stuff. We we tricked that sucker out because we wanted it to be a place. We were in the car so much driving back and forth to church. And so we got this thing all ready to go. And when we would drive up to a hotel, whether it had valet parking or whatever, before I parked the car, I would pull it up and I would walk around with it with the guy and make sure that there's no dings on this car right now. I don't want any dings on it when I bring it back, when you bring it back to me. Now we've had that car excuse the term, but we've beat the hell out of that car since. <laughs> one of the TVs don't work, one of the, the, the doors are all dinged up, there's all kinds of things, scratches on it. It's just all kinds of things that I've got. I'm not going to tell you who broke my television on that thing, T. Uh, but um, God knows. God knows. When you love something, you inspect it. You take care of it. You know what I'm saying? You take care of it. And so with that, I want you to know, notice what God does. He doesn't just know the bad thing. He knows the good things. And he takes time to encourage the church of the things you did good. And CWC this morning, as the father of this house, I want you to understand that you have done well. Give yourselves a hand. I want you to notice what God says. He says, I know all the things in verse 2. I have seen your hard work. First thing I want you to know, he takes time to say, your hard work. You take a look at CWC. You guys are some of the hardest working people I've ever met in my life. For those of you staring at me thinking, well, it's not really hard to come to church, Pastor. You're not here for setup and breakdown. I like Jen's laugh right there. That was cute. You're a hard-working church. You work hard to set up and get this place prepared for people to come worship each and every Sunday. For 12 years, you've done that. Are you catching me? 12 years. Went into a high school, and there were times we would get there. Pastor Nick, remember, get there at 7.30. My daughter, who had leukemia, we would walk in. Jim and Rhonda, you remember, we would walk in, and they had a party the night before, and the janitors didn't clean, and we would spend the first hour and a half cleaning the place and getting rid of the smell of cabbage before we even got ready to start setting up for church. 
setting up chairs and we would sit. It, for those of you that were at Overfelt, when you would sit on a chair at Overfelt, you sat by faith. <laughs> you never knew if the chair was going to hold you up because those chairs were so bent half the time. You would, you would sit down and you'd be like, oh, yes, Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You never knew. You never knew if it was going to hold you up. You work hard, but it's not just in setting up for church with LOL, with Light for the Lost, the way you guys every week go out there, and instead of staying home and chilling, you go out and you meet the needs of people that are homeless and hungry and need the light. You go out and share it. You're hardworking. You're hardworking that you go instead of just kicking back, finding a regular job. You open a home to bring men in to get them off drugs, get them off the street. They're hardworking. Instead of enjoying Monday night football, you have prayer on Monday night. Have all these people come to your house, cook for them, hang out with them, pour into them. Instead of just chilling, you spend time seeking the face of God on an off night. You look at our worship team, with whether it be our worship team or Relentless Pursuit Shoebox, these guys, instead of kicking back on the beach on Saturday or on Friday night hanging with their family, they're in Salinas, they're at this church, that church, this event, that event, and they're sharing the gospel through music. You're hardworking. You guys work hard. CWC, give yourselves a hand because you work hard. Our youth ministry, single adults, our, our worship team, while everyone's chilling at home on Tuesday nights, these guys are seeking the face of God, preparing music for you. Sam, every stinking week is out there filming just so he could share CWC Connect with you. Every week, giving his heart. You're hardworking. Masters, can I go on with Masters Commission, our, our track system where we're bringing people in and getting them saved and training them, discipling them and so forth. You're hardworking. Second thing I want you to notice, he says this. I, I see your hard work and your patient endurance. Man, you, you, we got some patient people here. You're not a reflection of me. You guys are, you got some patient enduring people here what am i talking about you guys have been waiting on god you come every week i see that single i see i see that lady she's not single she's married but her husband isn't saved and every week you come to church every week you come to the altar and you pray for your husband he hasn't come to god yet but you still haven't given up I see that individual struggling with addiction, whether it be in alcohol or drugs, and yet every week you come up, you might get saved every week, but you know what, brother? You haven't given up, and I'm proud of you. I see some of you struggling financially, and whenever I see you pick up a tithing envelope or we read your name and they say your name on the envelope, I'm like, I can't believe it because I know how much you struggled. Yet every week you're faithful, and by faith and patience you give. I want you to know I'm thankful for you. You're patient. You're patient. And so while your body's sick, you're praying, Jehovah Rapha, heal me. But you're having to settle right now for Jehovah Shalom, my peace. 
that you're believing God to be Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides for me, but instead you're experiencing Jehovah Shalom, the God that is my peace as I'm waiting for God to move in those other realms. You're patient. And God says, CWC, you're doing a good job. Hang in there. Your breakthrough is coming. He goes on and says, you have examined the claims of those who say they're apostles but are not. You know what? One, one thing, actually, let's see. Was that the, um, you don't tolerate evil people. You stand for holiness. You know, our, our church, we got some Christian thugs in this church. I don't know how else to put it. You're thugs for holiness. You, you, have, you, have, a, you have a passion for holiness. You have, you have a state, regardless of what's going on in society or the way society is voting or, or bending or doing things, you have a holiness in your spirit. You have a standard that the word of God is my standard, not society. And you stand for holiness and you will take a stand. You're ones that stand for injustice. You see something out of place, you take a stand and you'll be there. Christina, girl, where, where's she at? She left already? That, you know what? She works all night, and then she comes to church. So that, that, your daughter's straight thug, man. We're, we're walking. We, we had, remember when we had church here, and they had the, the, uh, that 5K run that was going on, and so we had people all over the place? There was a family, an African-American family, that were, they had a little kid with them, and they were calling that little kid to come with them. And the kid didn't want to go, and they were crying. And she's uh, looking at him and said, come with me. And... She just walked up to this family, didn't have a clue who they were. And she, speaking to the child, says, do you want to go with them? See, what she wanted to make sure is that child wasn't being abducted. And so she looks at the child, and when the, when the individual came and confronted her, she says, I'm not talking to you. And she came back. <laughs> came back to the little kid. Do you know these people? Do you, do you know the... What? Injustice, standing for injustice, whether it be Reverend Catalina going out on the streets and finding prostitutes at night to try to bring them in and share the love of God with them to get them out of the sex trade operation. I need you to know that there's something that God says that when you stand for those that have no one standing for them, he'll bless you. Now the fourth thing he says was this, is he says, you have examined the claims of those that say they're apostles but are not. You know, I I love our church, but I get nervous when I bring someone else in to preach sometimes. (laughs) I had one guy come in one time, and after he he got done, he said, dang, your people are hard. I said, what you mean? He goes, they're just, uh, they they just, they, they check you out. You don't just swallow anything. That's a good thing. When we bring in a guest, there's times I'm nervous and I'm like, okay. Now, if you know that person, I've, I've endorsed them or whatever, and they're here, or you've heard them before, man, you jump right in. You're, you're, you've already accepted. Bishop comes down or other individuals. You guys are right in there. You're, you're, you're connected. But when we bring someone like, no, no, EG, next week, y'all got to accept him, okay? Y'all got to be ready, all right? Because what, what, y'all, y'all go into that east side thing. As soon as he comes in, it'd be like this. <laughs> go ahead and bless me, man. I dare you. Go ahead. See if you can bless me. Because you're testing anointings. You don't just swallow anything. 
The Bible has to be our standard. You can't go according to the whim. Hey, you know what? They're seeing clouds over here. They're seeing gold dust over here. I'm down with all that stuff. In fact, if gold dust comes, let it come. Let's just sweep some up and let's go cash it in. I'm not praying gold dust. I'm praying gold bars. You don't follow titles, you follow function. And that's what I love about this church. Last thing I want you to notice is what Jesus says. He says this. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. You have examined the claims. Then he goes, you have discovered that they are liars. Verse 3, you have patiently suffered for me without quitting. We got some stubborn folk in this church. That's a good thing. You refuse to give up. Chris, you refuse to give up. You've only been here one Sunday, and I already like you, man. I don't care how many times you failed. I see individuals that have blown it so many times and they keep coming up and they try again. Get knocked down and they try again. Get knocked down and they try again. Blow it again, get try again. And they keep getting up. Listen, I need you to understand, it's not how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you keep getting back up again. That's an overcomer. And this church is filled with people that refuse to stay down. You've gotten knocked down by the world. You've had things knock you down. Cisco, you're still standing here today, regardless of the things that have taken place in your life. You're still here. I love our overcomers here. And God takes place. Jesus takes time to commend the church of Ephesus on all these great things. CWC, give yourselves a hand because you guys rock. God commends you. You've done well, CWC. Just, just reach over and pat yourself on the back, all right? All right, now that you've patted yourself on the back, get ready for a kick in the butt. I've been setting you up. <laughs> and I love what God does. He takes time to build you up before he deals with the things that need to be dealt with. Amen? If anyone ever comes to you and all they do is tear you down but don't build you up, and it's not from God. God will build, then deal. Build, then deal. Or deal, and then build. But this one complaint, verse 4, I have against you. Worship team, if you can come, take your places. That you don't love me or each other as you did at first. You know, the very first sermon I learned in Bible college, in fact, any minister worth his salt, this is the first one we learn, is right here in this chapter. I want you to notice something. Other version says that you have abandoned your first love. The Greek word for abandoned means willful abandonment or to leave or a deliberate act of giving up. Or neglect. 
that we accept Christ, we, get, we step into the things that God wants for our lives, and then all of a sudden, we start neglecting it, like my car. All of a sudden, we start neglecting it. All of a sudden, we stop paying attention to it. We stop taking care of the things, and we willfully abandon. And all of a sudden, I don't believe, I don't believe it's the fact that we have stopped loving God. Listen to me, church, that we have stopped loving God. I believe many of you and everyone in here, I believe hell is going to be filled with people that love God. but not people that were loving God. Having love for God and loving God are two different things. One's active. One's passionate. One's moving. One is, and that's why divorces happen all over the place. Because I love you, but I'm not Hell is going to be filled with people that say, I love you, God, but I just wasn't in love with you. People that are divorced their walk with God because they abandoned it. Just let it go. We find ourselves just going through the motions. Family, I need you to listen to me. That this word love is talking about more than just an unconditional love. Talking about charity. It's talking about love for one another as well. It's talking about our relationship with him. God never intended another religion. He wanted a living relationship with you. See, follow my heart right now. See, I need you to understand is that what ends up happening for many of us, we can be extremely busy. Christian Worship Center, we can get so busy preparing for worship that we miss the object of our worship. We can be so passionate about the things of God that we miss God. So focused in on meeting the needs of the homeless that we end up homeless in our spiritual lives. Caught up in the work of God that we end up missing the heart of God. God doesn't want your hands without your heart. My hands are the expression of his heart. If I'm serving because I have to, I've lost his heart. I got to go after his heart. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I want his hands too. Come on, somebody. I want the healings. I want the miracles. I want the signs and wonders. I want to see God do some things in your life. But it starts with the heart of God. We're, we lost our, our we, we lost it somewhere. We, Folks, listen, we used to worship at the altar at Overfelt. I don't want to go back to Overfelt. But we've lost something. We've gotten comfortable. Got air conditioning now. Comfortable seats. Let's just chill. And let's go to the theater and let's watch church. Let's be entertained at church. Let's become spectators rather than participators. 
Let's become consumers rather than contributors. I want you to ask yourself right now, have I gotten comfortable in my walk with God? I know you're here and I appreciate you being here. But going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Oh, you know where I'm going with this. Just like going to the garage doesn't make you a car, going to McDonald's make you a hamburger, going to a donut shop make you a cop, going to church doesn't make you a Christian. A living relationship with God. Danny, your grandparents knew that better than anyone. Church was a place they attended on Sundays, but church was who they were Monday through Saturday. It's what they lived. In fact, you could walk into their house and feel the presence of God any day of the week. That's gospel. It's possible to be doing well in the things for God that we miss God. Are you hearing me, CWC? From a father's heart to yours, that we could be passionate about the things of God and still not be passionate about God. That you and I can find ourselves seeking the hands of God, but not his face or his heart. Verse 5 as we close. This is the, any preacher worth his spit, this is the first one that we, that we learn. Revelation chapter 2 verse 5. Look how far, you, how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and I will remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. Church, I don't want our lampstand to be blown out. We're doing great work. But we got a lot of lives to bring into the kingdom. Transformation to bring still. We got to affect this society. We got to bring change to this community. But how do we do that? Number one, repent. Remember. Remember, he says. Remember from what heights you've fallen. Remember where you used to be. Remember the passion you used to have for God. Remember Saturday night. I can't wait for Sunday morning. You would go to bed thinking about God. Wake up thinking about God. When you get in your car, his spirit was there. Everything you did was about the presence. Remember the fire that was in you. Remember the presence. You couldn't wait. You saw someone that was limping. Let me pray for you. You were praying for dogs that were limping. You wanted to bring change. Remember what you remember you used to get to church on time. Say it again, Pastor. You used to get to church on time. Because it was important to you to get there and be on time for your God. See, if some of you showed up the time that you do to church, you do to work. Why do you have more respect for your job than you do your God? Family business, sorry. More faithful to pay Uncle Sam than we do 
our tithe and offerings. Again, sorry, family. We've gotten comfortable. It's not a big deal. We've lost our passion. I, I, don't, I don't do the things I do because I have to. I do the things I do because I get to. Remember. Then he says, repent. Repent. Now, repent doesn't mean to be sorry. We got so many people sorry for what they're doing that we end up with a bunch of sorry Christians. Jesus never told you to be sorry. Repent doesn't mean to be sorry. It means to change directions. Change your mind. You know what? My kids, when they would do something wrong when they were kids, sorry, sorry. In fact, it got to the point where Jazz would say sorry before I would scold her because she knew she had done, and she figured sorry will get me off the hook. Jazz, sorry. Sorry. Now it's just I look at her, sorry. God doesn't want your sorry. He wants repentance. Don't, don't, don't come to this altar, cry a bunch of snot and tears. Leave here like Red, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but then walk out of here acting the same way. It's not repentance. Remember, repent, and redo, repeat. You know what happens in sermons like this? My leadership and those people that will work will come up to me. Catalina, Reverend Cat, will come up to me and say, Pastor, you know, I just need to get my love for God back where it needs to be. I got to drop my prayer ministry. I got to drop this. I, I just need to get alone with God. No. That's stupid. He says, Redo. Do what you're doing, but redo the things you used to do. Just take what you're doing now and add together what you used to do, and now it becomes powerful. Don't get off the boat. Don't stop. Don't quit. Keep moving. Keep doing the things you did before that I said you did great at. So today I'm challenging you. It's time to get our groove back. It's time, CWC, that we get our groove back. We're a different tribe. We're a different people. And you might be here and say, you know, I've been attending this church for a while, just kind of looking in. You guys are kind of strange. No, you're strange with us. Because although you might not have become a member yet, you keep coming to see what's going on. And when you want to bring a friend or you want to get someone into the presence, here's where you come. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. You know it. Because you crazy just like we are. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Come on, somebody. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. This is our home. Monday through Saturday, it's a theater. But when we walk in here on Sunday morning, we're home. We're home. We're home. 
We're home. We make ourselves at home here. We don't chill in the back. We engage. We don't hide out in the back in our Raider shirt. We engage. We don't stay in the black hole. We engage. Why? Because this is our home. This is our home. This is our home. This is our house. The house of God. And it will be a house of praise and a house of prayer. A house where people encounter God. This is his house. A place where his name is magnified and lifted up. Christian Worship Center. Welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. Let's make this place home. How do we do that? It's only one way I know. Just like that. It's time to break these altars in and make them ours. It's time to make this place ours. It's time to make this God's house. You're not in a theater when you walk in here. Stop kicking back and st- like you're, you're watching Batman the Rise or the Return or this or that. You're not coming in to watch the Avengers. You're coming in to participate. You're coming in here to worship. You're coming in here to magnify. You're coming in here for an encounter with God. So what you going to do? the last time you've experienced the presence of God or you came to God not because you needed something just because you wanted to experience his presence these altars now are open I want to invite you let's break these things in let's break these altars in as you're coming you might be here and you're talk- I'm talking about losing your first love. You're saying, wait a minute, Pastor. I've never had a first love. I remember my first love. Her name, my second grade teacher, Mrs. Peterson. She was fine. She was my speech ther- therapist because I couldn't say my ethics. She did a good job. You never forget your first love. Let's get back to our first love with God. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.